Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. And uh, we're going to be talking about um, the life that Jesus came to give us. You know, it says that he came that you might have life and life... Yeah. More abundant sounds good. But what does that really mean? <laughs> what is life at scale really look like? What does a scaled life look like? And, and it has to bring us back to really the genesis of why Jesus came and what God originally intended. Jesus didn't come to just forgive you for being dumb. Okay? Now I've checked that box multiple times this week, okay? But that's not the mission. The mission was to recover and restore everything that God originally intended to be remarkable. You were built and engineered and designed to be amazing. You're made in the image of God and the likeness of God. So God always comes to restore you back into what he originally intended for you and I to be. So that's the first part of life. Life is coming out of dysfunction into function. Listen, listen, we got to remove some of the Christian rhetoric and the spiritual words and, you know, blessed and fruitful and abounding. It's like, I don't talk like that in life. But functional, you know, working, producing, I get those words. So can we just maybe like lay down a little bit of the Christian rhetoric and actually just talk like you do at home? Is that okay? Jesus didn't come to make you religious. He, come, he came to make you productive. He designed you to work and function, to be a blessing, okay? Not to just be in church, for your life to work. And so he came to take you out of dysfunction and deliver you into function. Remember, he delivered Israel out of, the, out, of, out of the house of Egypt, also called the house of bondage. So all of us have a story, a history, where there is dysfunction at work within us, okay? And the life God came to give you isn't just in heaven one day, in the sweet by and by. And you just got to limp through life, try to say a couple blessed and highly favoreds, but really there's nothing working in your world. But one day in heaven, it's all going to be okay. He came that you might have life, function, health, vitality, connected to him, connected to people, your life working. That's his intention. Life abundantly, now that's a whole nother dimension of life. Because that means a life that has moved from small to impacting more than just you. So let me get this right. Let me get this straight. So you're following me here. So you like me at the end of this, okay? I promise you when we get into our points, you're going to be questioning. And I've, I'm good. I'm good. I didn't come to just be your friend. I came to try to elevate you so we can turn the life and the abundant life 
on. God wants to take you from where? From dysfunction into function. And then once he's moved you from dysfunction to function, he wants to move you from small to abounding, abundant. He wants your life to be no longer just about you. Now, let me just say a couple things. Your life working, functioning, even if it's all about you, is better than a little life that's dysfunctional. That means there are people in your world that are suffering right now because you haven't let the blood of Christ deliver you from dysfunction. And therefore, they have to tolerate your mindset, your, your, you tracking with me, your attitude, your negativity, your toxicity, because Jesus came, offered you life, but you have chosen to remain in dysfunction. Even as a small life, somebody has to clean up the mess after you. Wouldn't it be nice if you could clean up your own mess? What if you could stop producing messes? What if you could, instead of using your energy to create chaos, you could actually use your energy to create life and bring a blessing? And the people, even if it's just you and your cat. Listen, we're into cats now. I used to think dogs and cats, there's no way they're going to heaven. Especially cats. Let me tell you something. Your cat might not be in heaven. My cat's coming. I like my cats. They're part of the blessing. They're the blessing. But what's funny is if I'm in dysfunction, the cat might get kicked. When I'm in function, health, even as a small little old life, just me and my cat, my cat gets fed. <laughs> my cats are always playing hard to pet, but my cats get pet. You're tracking with me, okay? But what I've discovered is no matter how small your life is, it still needs to function. But once you move from dysfunction to function and the little people around you are impacted by a healthy you, a happy you, a you that's recharged and energized with an optimistic outlook on the day, then God wants to take a small you and enlarge you. Tracking with me. Life, life enlarged. Maybe, just maybe, the Christian life isn't even all about you. Who's waiting for you to grow? Who's waiting for you to scale? Who's waiting for your life to be enlarged? Is it really just all about you? That's what my children think when they're like eight. The only thing that matters is them. As children, the definition of maturity is you actually come out of myopic living and thinking and you move into, I'm actually responsible for somebody other than me, myself. The, the basic of immaturity is you're responsible for me. Then I graduate to, wait a minute, I'm responsible for me. But you know what a church needs to graduate to? I'm responsible for others. Therefore, I'm going to abundantly live so that I can take responsibility for the needs of those who need to hear the story that changed my life. Get introduced to the God that took me out of dysfunction. Are you with me? Are you ready to get into this? Name of this message is uh, Life and Life at God's Scale. I want to share a quick story or a quick scripture 
out of First Chronicles 4, 9, and 10, one of my favorite prayers. Um, and I think it's really apropos for where we are right now at the 12 in San Diego. You ready? Let's check it out. There was a man named Jabez, I'll read it with you, who was more honorable than his brothers. Interesting, what made him more honorable? His mother named him Jabez because his birth had been so painful. Now, my beautiful wife is here. I can't even believe you've given birth to four children, but I can't remember one of those birthing experiences that was pleasant. I can't remember after you delivered any of our children going, you know, I just want to go back in. It was like a spa day. It was a spa day. It was wonderful. Now, what came out was wonderful, but the process was painful. So this is very common, and I think many of us actually have the ceiling on our life is a common pain, a common trauma. So this is something that every mother throughout history had experienced. There's common pain, but she let common pain label Jabez and his brothers. Most of us are limited by common things that all of us share. Now, let me say this. It wasn't invalid pain. It wasn't pain that didn't exist. It was valid pain that just needed to be dealt with. All of us have valid pain, injury, disappointment, trauma, that if we choose to let it name us, Jabez's name means pain. What have you named yourself, your situation? What have you labeled your life with? All of you have an opportunity to label your life with valid, common pain. But what God wants to do is graduate us from common into honorable. And we do that not by pretending we didn't get hurt or injured or weren't born into something difficult, by asking God in to our dysfunction to take us out of that into becoming a blessing. Is this okay? Anybody with me? I'm not 100% convinced. It's a 12 o'clock. I think, what do what we do? We all got to sleep in. Well, some of us did. Um, let's keep going here. He was the one, Jabez was known as the one, again, named pain, born in injury and hurt, okay? He was the one who prayed to the God of Israel, oh, that you would bless me and expand. That sounds a bit like scale. I don't just ask that you remove the pain. I actually ask that you enlarge my territory. Listen, listen, quit looking to God to only medicate your injury. If I'm a doctor, you're, you, let's just say, let's just say for a second, Shauna, you've got high-performing children, okay? Unfairly, good-looking, tall, large, with great hair. I'm a little, I'm struggling, okay? I'm, hey, it's okay. It's okay. I have none of those things. But let's just say, uh, I, I want to be careful because this isn't going to happen. But, but let's say uh, Champion has to go in for some knee issues, Okay? The doctor is not interested in getting champion's knee to feel better. The doctor's purpose is to get champion's knee to work again, to function again. 
to carry weight again, to push the line again. Most of us look at God as a healer who medicates our pain. We want to just feel better. God wants you to work and function. So this is why his prayer is honorable. Because he's not asking to just remove my pain. He's asking to expand my territory so that I can do what I was originally intended to do. Please be with me in all that I do and keep me from all trouble and pain. Really what he's saying is, most of us who are in pain reciprocate the pain we're in. Because your identity will always come out, it will always produce itself. It'll always reproduce itself. If you don't address pain, injury, trauma, you can't avoid it being reproduced in your world. You tracking with me? What made Jabez honorable, it's not that he pretended everything was good. He dealt with what was painful and came out of dysfunction into function and then out of function into expansion. That's the message today. Are you ready? I'm going to show us how to do it. I'm going to walk us through it. I want you to know I'm not the guru. I'm on the journey with you. I'm on the treadmill of scaling, wondering what have I signed up for? It's harder than I thought. It's more frustrating than I thought. But let me say this. It's worth more than I thought. See, I do believe that God exists and that he's a rewarder of those who stay on the pathway of function and scale. That it is always worth the work and the fight and the pain. Listen, nobody likes to go in with that physical therapist and do those exercises, walking backwards up a hill. It's like, what is this? It's getting us back to function. Fun? No. Fun. You want to have fun? Go to Funner California to the Cherish Conference. It is going to be epic. My beautiful, stunning wife is going to be preaching. You want to hear a funny story from Funner California? My wife's first Cherish. She wasn't interested in speaking. She was interested in making one friend. And I still remember this. I remember she went into the bathroom stall and called an old friend from California and said, Washington, sorry, and said, oh my gosh, this is too much. There's so many beautiful women here, so many amazing women here. I, I just, I'm out of my league. I, I don't, I think I'm just going to go home. I'm going to go back to my car. Thank God she had a good friend. You need a good friend too. It doesn't just commiserate with your pain and allows you to back out of what you need to do because it's uncomfortable. Everything you need to do is uncomfortable, okay? Please, find me something that you need to do that's not uncomfortable. And if it's easy for you to do it, don't tell me about that. I don't need to know that. It's just easy. It's great for you. I need to know that you, you went through it too. You know what Melissa's good friend told her? Melissa, you need to put your big girl panties on and go back out there. You're intimidated, you're scared, you feel out of your league, but God called you there. And here you are, 11 cherishes later. Wow. You know why? Because awaken takes scared, 
people and turns them into confident ministers. It doesn't matter how you come in here. You stay in here, you will be developed, and you will be utilized, and you will become the truest version of yourself. And your life will be funner. Okay, we gotta get into this. I don't even think I've gotten into one letter. We got five to get through. Five difficult points that will level your life up. All of them will help identify yourself along this scaled acronym. And uh, let's see if we can grow into life and life at scale. You ready? The S that's in the word scale is your serving increases your stature. Probably one of my favorite things about the early disciples is he found them fishing. I'm sure they were arguing over who could caught the most, whose fish was the biggest. And these are typical guys. I don't think Jesus would have gone to a bunch of tepid eunuchs that didn't have any competitive juice in the tank. I think he actually showed up with some competitive people that actually believed that what they did mattered and liked to measure themselves. You know what I'm talking about. Listen, God is not the God of the eunuch. He's not going to snip you. I'm sorry. Still takes stones to take down giants. <laughs> I'm sorry, Pastor Leanne. This isn't cherish. <laughs> You know, um, God's not trying to take away your appetite, your passions, your natural wiring to be significant, to work, to win, to matter. Okay? He's just giving you what he gave his disciples because they were arguing over who's the greatest. Remember? He didn't, he didn't rebuke them necessarily over their desire to be great. He coached them on how to access greatness. He says, the greatest among you will be the best servant among you. And I want you to know as you scale your life, it has to move to being less and less about you and more and more about the people you're called to serve. The secret to greatness is serving. And the more and more, the greater the leader that you encounter in any sphere of culture, okay, and in any part of the church is they desire to bless and impact more people. The question, the question for a scaled life, the question you want to ask yourself if you want to move to life and life abounding, life at scale, is how do I enlarge my ability to serve more people? I'm comfortable in my connect group. There's 12 of us. I don't want any more. Okay, that is great that you've even opened your home up, okay? But what God would like to do would be enlarge your ability to serve more people. You tracking with me? So that your serve increases your stature. Now, you might be like, well, where do I serve? For me, I remember I started in kids' church. First, I was, uh, uh, they, they cast me as Lex Luthor. Talk about stereotyping. Yeah, okay, I see how it is. 
My daughter's always like, why are all the um, evil people in movies bald business guys? I'm like, I'm like, I don't know, Jabez, why don't you come out of your pain? But I'm just kidding. That's no, not what I say generally. But it's the 12. I'm a bit ornery. Forgive me. But listen, you will find the serve where you're remarkable, but you got to start somewhere where you're needed. Start where there's a need. I found myself that, uh, you know, that, that certain things weren't great for me. They weren't a perfect fit for me, but I still was faithful for a season. And then I would look for opportunities. Who would have thought that Awaken would be a church where you could actually be a marketplace guy like or a marketplace girl and that that's become our serve. And I want you to know God has a special serve for you, not a serve that wears you out, a serve that actually recharges you. But you got to find, you got to start your serve somewhere. Maybe right now while we're really investing in our kids, maybe that's where you need to start. I don't care where you start. Start somewhere, but eventually your serve will increase your stature. Let's move to the capacity, the C. Your capacity will increase your cargo. Whoa, 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 wait a minute. See, we, we have a couple little companies, and one of them, we ship materials from South Korea into the United States, and, and we have very, very expensive um, containers that we put on these ships, and um, we only put our high-valued products on, on ships that we trust to deliver the goods on time. You tracking with me? So we need a ship that has the capacity to carry valuables if we're going to put our cargo on it. So it is with you. God wants to enlarge your capacity so he can trust you with valuable things. He wants to enlarge your connect ministry so he can, he can um, trust you with more valuable cargo. You know what the most valuable cargo on the planet is? People. People. If you keep your life small... How can God get people onto your life that he's trying to take from dysfunction into function and from life into life abundantly? If you keep your life small, how can he get precious cargo on you? The greatest prayer of scale is, God, I need you to enlarge my capacity so that I can be trusted with more valuables. I want people to board our business that we can take them from what their dreams were to what they were intended to be. Are you tracking with me? Scaled people who move from life to life abundantly stop thinking about what only they can do and they start looking at how can I grow myself to be trusted with more? You want to know the second thing that God wants, the, the second cargo, precious cargo that he wants in your life? It's the anointing. So Jesus had the spirit without limit, okay? How much have you limited the spirit. It's your capacity that determines how much cargo you get to carry. Is there more anointing for you to bring into the world? Do you think that the blessing is just for you to receive? You're the destination? Really? That's not abundant life. Abundant life, you're not the destination. You're the carrier. It says we put this treasure in jars of clay. Yeah. I'm common. Yeah, I have, I'm human. He puts his glory in human. But humans have the ability to respond to the calling to grow our capacity so we can carry more of the divine. What the world needs is more of the divine. 
But if you and I are limited in how much capacity we allow God to expand us or scale us, we will limit the amount of glory or life that flows through us. Listen, there was a time where a garden hose turned on full was exciting. But I kind of want to graduate from a garden hose life. I'm looking at a world that's like dying. Can I graduate from a garden hose to a fire hose? If Jesus had the spirit without limit, can you graduate from a fire hose? To a stream or a water main? How much water's too much? Oh, glad you asked. You're a prosperity church. You guys are into that blessing thing. Let me tell you why. Because there's massive needs in the world. And if I am not, if I don't have the capacity to steward anything, how do I meet any needs? It's the small life that's the selfish life. We just had Jeff Hoffman come to our Pathfinders conference. Blew all our minds. He said, there's no shame in making money. He said, there's shame, though, in not helping people with the money you make. Yeah, we're into prosperity, not for you. So that you can grow your capacity to be a conduit of light, to help the city, to restore what's broken. Let me ask you a question. What's not broken? What doesn't need to be fixed? What could you contribute to if you were a little bigger, a little larger, a little less oriented with yourself and a little more oriented with the needs of the city you're in? Why are you in this city anyway? What are you here for? So, oh, I told you I was gonna, I was gonna get here. Here I am. But I did tell you. Okay, why are you here? If you're not here to add value and add life and conduit life at Awaken, we, we are not, we want you to become enlarged in your capacity so you can carry more of God into your life and your world. It's all right? All right. We want you to be trusted with people and we want you to be trusted with the presence of God, the life of God says that he who is spiritual restores things. That life, that life flow, we want it through you. Not just to you. To you is life. Through you is life abundant. We have to graduate. We have to graduate. And if it's flowing through you, it can flow more. I feel like I got to push a little bit here. This is the 12. What's going on here? I need a little, uh, I am going to push. I am, this is our service. This was the one we were a part of. The A, I know I'm going to push here. Anytime I have an acronym, I search for a way to spell it with the letter A. A is your adversity determines your altitude. Your adversity increases your altitude. You heard it was your attitude that increases your altitude. Eh. I'm not saying you can be negative Nancy and get anywhere, but I am saying that, it, that people who study high-level leaders, they look at two things. They look at your IQ and they look at your AQ. Your IQ is your intelligence quotient. Your AQ is your adversity quotient. How much pain can you tolerate? Anytime God's getting ready to scale your life, he has to take you through trial. 
listen, I was given this gift um, from a good friend of mine, Marco Contreras. It's a ring. It's 24 karat gold. And a very nice gift. I come to find out it's nicer than 14 karat gold. But you know the difference between 14 karat gold and 24 karat gold? Intrinsically nothing. It's just that 24 karat gold has been through more adversity than 14 karat gold. 24 karat gold is 99% pure. 70% gold or 14 karat gold is 70% pure. The value of the gold is in the purification process. Your value is in the adversity process. See, you think you thought that the adversity couldn't be God. This can't be God. I'm telling you, it's probably God. And and this last week, I'll tell you, this is why I love Pastor John Heinrichs. I felt like we're freaking crazy. What have we done? Have you ever felt like you said yes to God and then like you can't go back now, but you want to and you want out? You're thinking I'm crazy. I've lost my mind. Be careful who you call when you're losing your mind. Don't call somebody else who's lost their mind. I called John Heinrichs. And I'm like, bro, this is bad. He's like, tell me about it. Hmm. Yeah, that is bad. <laughs> I don't need somebody to tell me that my pain isn't real. Okay? If somebody's reaching out to you, you can validate their pain. Okay, don't minimize their pain. Validate it, but just don't give them an excuse to stay in it. He validated my concerns were real. The pressure I was feeling was real. The adversity was real. And then after validating my pain, he said, all right, now we got to stay in this. You didn't miss it. Just because it hurts doesn't mean you're out of God's will. Don't pray to get out of pain. Ask God into it. You tracking with me? This is how your gold gets refined. This is how your value goes up. Your value will not go up if you avoid pain. Your value will go up as you embrace pain and allow God into it to help you. And so my prayer this week, this week, this week, just I told you, the reason I'm yelling at you is because I've been dealing with this and I need some friends who can understand my world. You with me? This week, my prayer changed. I was, honestly, Melissa's seen me. I I moved from, God, I need you to get me out of this. This this is too much for me. To, God, don't let me out. I know you're in this. I know this didn't come to kill me. Even though it feels like it, I know you're building my capacity. I know you're enlarging me, and it's uncomfortable, and I don't have a point of reference for this but the importance of what's on the other side is worth the pain. Give me the strength to stay in this. Boy, I'm inspired by a prayer that Jesus prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane when the pressure was so high, a little bit higher than the one I was under. But I have to lean into him as my model whose, whose life of blessing and abundance wasn't, wasn't riddled with um, pixie dust, but with obedience. And obedience will lead you into places that are difficult. And you can't let adversity to move you out of obedience. Okay, this is preaching right here. Your adversity determines your altitude or increases your altitude. 
Let me say something else. Like when you see a Pastor Leanne speak, she carries two things that I love. She carries the anointing and she carries authority. The only way in to the anointing and authority is through adversity. You do not get that in Bible college. You get that in staying in the fight, staying in your fight. If you want to scale, you can't scale without staying in the fight. Let's move on to the L. We're going to get through them all somehow, some way. Your language. Your language increases your limits. I put my amen on what God has spoken. What comes out of my mouth is in alignment with what he said. But what if it's not? This last week, if I'm honest with you, my language didn't necessarily amen God's word. It located my dysfunction. In the process of moving from life to life abundant, it exposed dysfunction and fear and doubt. It actually felt more like the old me this last week than the new me. That's what adversity will do. It's designed to draw another level of dross out of your life. What happens is I found things coming out of my mouth that weren't healthy for, I wasn't amening the promise. Wish I could tell you. But what you do with your language that locates you is you go back into the very thing that could sabotage you if you leave it there. If you don't have the prayer of Jabez and say, gosh, I'm realizing I'm still in some of the pain and dysfunction I inherited. I thought I had dealt with it. There it is again. I need you to deliver me from this pain and bless me indeed and expand my territory, but I need to go back and revalidate the very pain that I'm experiencing again that I thought I'd already dealt with. Just trying to help you grow from level to level and glory to glory. My language wasn't very good last week. It's not enough to just have a rubber band on and say, anytime I say something negative, I'm, that's good, that's good. In addition to that, let your language locate the condition of your heart that's dysfunctional, in fear, angry, bitter, having authority issues, wherever you are. I'm just, that's just me. I know you don't have any of those things, okay? Just if one day in your future, you come across a situation where somebody's offended you or you don't trust somebody or you're in fear, this might help you then. Your language increases your limits. And finally, your E, we're gonna close on this. In order to scale, you and I have to come into the exceptional version of ourselves. Your exceptionalism increases your equity. What do I mean by that? See, God created you in his likeness, okay? Not just for heaven, but for heaven on earth. Heaven on earth is just, again, his treasure through your jar of clay. You're the earth heaven is conduited through, okay? Heaven through you. Heaven through you. you your capacity grows so his cargo can flow through you. His heaven on and through you, okay? But you and I are, are, are uniquely crafted in his image, and we have to identify what our exceptional nature is and hone it. Okay, one of my heroes. Hang with me here. Anybody ever heard of Dr. Ben Carson? Great movie called Gifted Hands. 
you mind throwing me my, uh, I was told that my bishop rag, babe. It's a little warm up here. You guys got me working. Dr. Ben Carson, one of my heroes, one of my heroes. You guys know, uh, he, he was um, born in Detroit in abject poverty. Um, didn't know his father. His mom couldn't read. Hard to raise a kid to be literate when you're illiterate. Talk about the prayer of Jabrez, asking God to break him out of a cycle of dysfunction. Listen, some of the cycles you're in are generational. They might take a little more work. They might take a little more help. Don't stop fighting to break the cycle, okay? So Dr. Ben Carson didn't become the top brain surgeon in the world because he was born into a family of brain surgeons. He's the least likely brain surgeon on the planet. But he chose to address his limiting identity of pain and came out of it and began to harness what he was most passionate about on the planet. You know what it was? The brain. He became a brain surgeon, not because it's a high paying job. He became a brain surgeon because he was ridiculously passionate about the human brain. Don't become a brain surgeon. What are you ridiculously passionate about? What's unique about you? What's special about you? What are you going to be exceptional in? It's very, very dangerous to be inspired by somebody if it's gonna move you to be like them. Find people that inspire you to be like you, to be the best you, the extraordinary you, the exceptional you. Listen, we're not trying to create a whole bunch of copycats. We don't all preach the same, thank God you just said. We, we are all a little different. But what we're trying to do is get you to become you. The remarkable you, the exceptional you, the ridiculously created, the only you on the planet. Dr. Ben Carson honed that craft, became the top surgeon, the first surgeon to ever separate Siamese twins, joined at the brain, at the brain. He had to go where no one, was gone, no, no one had gone before. I want you to know, when you go where people haven't gone before, you create space for them to go there. He's now not the only surgeon to separate Siamese twins joined at the brain but he had to be the first one. He had to hone his exceptional craft and he became the top doctor at John Hopkins University. This is where I want you to follow me. When you become exceptional, it says that those who are excellent in their work will serve before kings, serve before nobility, serve before influential people. When you're really good in your craft, no matter what it is, it gives you a voice before people have you ever wondered why you don't have a voice? The only person that will listen to your passionate plea for change is mama. Mama's the only one that has an ear. Everybody else is tired of hearing from you. You know why? It's because you haven't allowed exceptionalism in an area of your life to give you equity. And because you don't have equity, you don't have a voice. And because you don't have a voice, you're frustrated with the thing you're passionate about because you haven't given the time to hone your craft to where you now can influence what you're passionate about. Just because Ben Carson was born in poverty didn't give him any equity to fix his problem. But because he mastered his craft of exceptionalism and honored God with the way he was wired and became 
full of life and grew his life to where he became the top brain surgeon. It gave him equity to go back into the education space and begin to influence something he was passionate about. What are you passionate about? Maybe you don't have the ability to influence it because you haven't harnessed the way God wired you to be remarkable. God's calling us to be remarkable. When we respond to the call to abundance, it gives us equity to start influencing the things we care about. I'm gonna end with this, listen. Do you wanna know the last thing that Dr. Ben Carson was super passionate about? He cared about the Supreme Court justice system. He felt the future of America would fall into the hands of the Supreme Court justice system. He was, so much so he ran for president in 2016. You know what I love about big people? Even when they don't win at what they're running for, they don't take their ball and go home. They actually use their resources to help the person who won because the, the cause is bigger than the person. Let me just say this. If it's all about you getting your way and it's not about the cause, I don't care how the cause gets solved. I'll do anything I can to use my resources to solve the problem. So he said, I'm going to use my resources to get behind anybody if we can address what could become a disaster for this country. He said two, possibly three Supreme Court justices will turn over between 2016 and 2020. Was he right? How many? Three. He used his exceptionalism that built him equity. Equity translates to influence. And because he had equity, he was able to use his influence to stir up conservatives to vote to protect this nation. Do you know that 50 years of Roe versus Wade could be traced back to a kid born in Detroit who could have easily stayed dishonorable and not dressed his dysfunction? but he cried out to the God to deliver him from his pain to a point where he could become exceptional, scaled his life to where he had equity, used that equity to use for influence, used that influence to affect an election that now may be affecting unborn children. What's on the other side of us rising up? You with me? To scale? All right, let's all stand. We're, we're closing this down. It's almost 1.30. I, I, I. We're not playing church here. We got a world to affect. It's not all about us. It's about who's on the other side. It's time for us to surrender to scale. As people are waiting for us to win. It's time for us to take this seriously. It's not about just getting to heaven one day. It's about conduiting heaven. Anybody interested in scaling? Anybody interested in your life working and then abounding, increasing? Let me just pray for us. Why don't you just re repeat after me? Father God, I realize you bought me out of dysfunction with your son's blood because you love me. Because your plan for me was so important to you that you would send your best to 
purchase me out of what wasn't your intent. I surrender to you, to your love, to your intention, and to your bondage-breaking blood. And I apply it to my dysfunction. Deliver me from my bondage, from my brokenness, and from my limitations. Don't let me stay here. I ask you to bless me and take me into life. There's more, God. I ask you to increase this life. Make me a blessing. In Jesus' name. Morgan, I just want to prepare you. Um, if you could come up here in about 10 seconds. Okay. Just start to come up. You're fine. God, I just release over the 12 o'clock service at Balboa campus a heart to grow. A heart that shifts its thinking from being myopic, self-oriented to, to surrendering to the high call. To grow our serve grow our capacity, to grow our adversity quotient, to grow our language, to grow our exceptional serves nature. We surrender to the high call to be impactful for this city in Jesus' name. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen. For more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.